0: milling of that with Bruce Sudano, and it is so lovely to see you. So how long has it been? Uh, we were trying to figure it out. Yeah,
1: you said 1983, so I don't know. I'm not great at math, but that's at least 30 years.
0: Now, for people who don't know this fantastic story, uh, Donna Summer sent a limo for me when I was living in New York City on the Upper East Side and take, took me to Atlantic City to see her perform at Resorts Casino, and your family couldn't have been more lovely. We had a private dinner after... I, and it's just so magical. Yeah, well, that—that's Donna. You know, she—I uh, learned so many things
1: from her, and uh, graciousness and generosity are definitely two of them. So, so yeah, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but. You know.
0: And I remember connecting to you because we're both from Brooklyn.
1: Ah, okay. I mean, I said I remembered your face, and then you told me it was, you know, 1983. I said. Can't be, and you said no. It's possible, and then, so so there you go.
0: Come on, tell me I look the same. I haven't changed. Yeah, you, haven't, you haven't changed a bit,
1: you know. Haven't changed a bit. I I was used to tell Don. I was like, you know, it'd be like you know, looking in the mirror, and I was like, see, this is why God lets your eyes go bad. So like, you really can't see things because when you get up too close, it's scary. <laughs> for me, anyway. I don't. am not referring to you. But I like the beard, though. The beard's cool. I've had the beard for uh, a, a, a long time. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I have to be told to trim it. Uh, it's like my kids will come to me and say, dad, it's not Christmas. It's not Christmas and you're not Santa Claus. I'm like, oh, okay. I get the clue. So, but yeah, you know.
0: But when Christmas comes around, do you play Santa Claus? Uh, not
1: physically, but, uh, uh, when it comes to, uh, the gifting, I, I do my best. To put it that way, you know, but I don't come down any chimneys or anything.
0: Well, you have a great new album out and I feel like, like it's like walking down memory lane. Did you feel that while you were writing it? It's called 21st Century World. Uh,
1: Well, I I don't think it was so much memory lane uh, as, you know, because it's, I'm I'm really trying to have a dialogue about some you know contemporary issues and and cultural things that are going on with the society and, and uh, you know some of it I mean you know I bookended the album with the first song on the record is Your World Now. Uh, which is really like uh, you know a clarion call to to the youth to you know step up to the plate and take on the responsibility and you know change the things that need changing and keep the things that are worth keeping and then I end it with uh, a song called Coney Island Days, which uh, is uh, a bit of a remembrance of a guy who has you know come to the end of his uh, road in a way and uh, he he's dealing with. Uh, you know walking on the beach and thinking about things missed opportunities and, and things like that and uh, but it's all about this little boy that lives inside him and and uh, no matter where you are, there's that child inner child in you and if you can tap into that, you continue to dream and you continue to have purpose and, and reason for a living so And still
2: inside him there's a boy. There always is a boy, that always is. These are the Coney Island days of passing life away. Time you
0: can't replace, Coney Island days. Are you the, are you the boy, the little boy in the story?
1: Uh, I, you know, I definitely have that little boy in me, and he—he uh, he is kind of like my anchor because uh, he allows me to dream and to see and to be excited. And, and uh, so, um, I uh, am a very childlike guy. Doesn't mean I don't have responsibility and don't maintain responsibility, but. Um, I, I like to uh, be a little kid and still dream and 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 uh, be excited, get excited about things.
0: You should always have that youthful spirit. That's what keeps you young.
1: That's it. That's yeah. it. You know, because you know, you know, the other side of that is the guy that becomes jaded, and, and uh, you know, he gets uh, sarcastic and and uh, snarky. And uh, I, I I live with the little boy, you know.
0: That's so cool. So, so there are some songs on here that I want to talk to you about. Yeah. 21st century world is, uh, you know, it's kind of a commentary on, on, uh, where we are.
1: It's a little bit about social media and it's a, it's a little bit about the the mentality of, uh, you know, you know, win at any cost, you know, it's like, as long as you win, that's all that matters. Decorum can all get thrown by the wayside as long as we win. And, and, uh, you know i don't think that's a good thing i think i think that uh, we can do better than that and uh, so
0: well in speaking about social media i am i don't know about you but i am getting sick of facebook yeah. i am unfriending so yeah. many people wow. unfollowing wow. so many people where do you stand with social media do you get into that
1: i mean i get into it on the level of to me it's really a business tool you know it's a way for me to communicate to people out there where I am, what I'm doing, you know, and the, and again, it's it's really about a function of communicating uh, some ideas. Um, I, I don't know who follows me. I don't know who I follow. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I you know, I kind of check in. You don't
0: have any friends. <laughs> I,
1: I, I don't have any friends, or or I have many friends. I don't, I don't know, but. Uh, but, you know, to me, it's a tool, and uh, they're all tools, and um, so I, I use them that way, and I don't take it too seriously one way or the other, really.
0: I know. I, I don't know how old your kids are these days, but they must be 30s in their 30s. So they They just made the me, 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 me generation. They're not of that generation, which is what I like to call millennials. Oh,
1: Okay yeah yeah my kids are uh, responsible adults and uh, they're all doing exceptionally exceptionally well and uh, I just came off a tour with my daughter Amanda who is in a band with her husband called Johnny Swim and
0: what's that like being in a band with your kid
1: <laughs> Well I, I wasn't in the band, but uh, I was on tour with them we we you know I played and they played and, and uh, it was great because uh, they're doing really well and uh, you know so this was a time they were like you know I was even surprised that they invited me to to tour with them. But it was great because, you know, as as a kid, Amanda would, you know, would come on the tour bus with me and and travel around the world. And this was an an instance now where the roles got reversed. And I was on her tour bus and she said, here, dad, here's your bunk. And uh, I was like, okay, thank you very much. And uh, let's roll, you know, so. uh,
0: How gorgeous. Did you, did you like take home movies of this tour?
1: Oh yeah, we got we got lots of uh, you know lots of footage and uh, you know we would end uh, the night where you know they would bring me back out and, and uh, we would do a version of On the Road together again and you know Amanda would tell the story about how when we were kids and we were going out on the road as a family we would sing this song as as we were traveling so so it was just a nice touch at the end of the night uh, you know for us to do that together for you know on stage so uh, yeah it was really special.
0: And your other daughter is an actor. Brooklyn. Uh, she's named after the place where we grew up.
1: She was na- She's named after where we were, uh, where we come from, and uh, she's an actor. Uh, she's on a series called Taken on NBC, and we just got the great news yesterday that they got renewed for a second season of sixteen episodes. Uh, so yes. uh, that was really good, and we're excited about that. And
0: uh, that's the. Uh, Based on the Liam Neeson movie, yes.
1: Yes, it's based on. Uh, the, I think there were three Taken movies, and this is a. Uh, it's actually a prequel to, uh, you know, the Liam Neeson uh, story.
0: Is she playing the girl who gets kidnapped and taken?
1: Um, she plays uh, the the love interest of uh, the Liam Neeson lead guy. Uh, his name is Clive. I don't remember his last name, but but. Uh, <laughs> Apparently he's a hottie and uh, (laughs) Brooklyn plays the love interest. And uh, apparently I've been on the road uh, most of this season. So I've uh, haven't seen any, any, I only saw the first episode. Uh, When I get back home, I'm going to binge watch uh, the whole season, but apparently she gets taken uh, in uh, the last episode of uh, this season. So uh, we'll, we'll see how uh, she gets rescued next year.
0: That has to be so weird watching your kid on a big screen, like making out with somebody.
1: (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, uh, it's actually more funny for a husband because, uh, uh, I, I kind of like, you know, uh, you know, poke at him and like wink at him and, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, but, you know, he's, uh, uh, he's he's a uh, smart guy, and you know he's not threatened at all. He's pretty secure in his relationship. So, uh, but I have I have a good time, uh, you know,
0: razzing him. Do you have uh, acting aspirations as well?
1: I went to Saint John's University here in New York, and I was a theater major. So initially, I, I had acting uh, aspirations, but at, at this point in time, I think not. I mean, my my life is. Uh, Pretty much as a songwriter, and, and as a, you know, I'm I'm kind of like a folk singer now. I travel travel around with my guitar and show up places and sing and, and
0: uh, like a troubadour.
1: Uh, yeah, it's like a troubadour. And and, and uh, Francis Ford uh, knocked on my door and and. Uh, wanted me to like play uh, you know Al Pacino's grandfather or something you know I might I might consider it but
0: I could see that Bruce yeah. <laughs> keep the beard
1: <laughs> Yeah I mean uh, I saw a picture of Al yesterday he's obviously dying his <laughs> So anyway
0: well, you you were 12 years old when you made your first musical money Well I, I
1: yeah I was uh I was a 12 year old accordion player and and uh Got hired to. I don't really remember if it was a Sweet 16 or a Bar Mitzvah or what it was, but uh, I do remember I was playing the accordion with a trumpet player and a guitarist, and uh, that was my entry into the music world. Uh, and you know, I probably made 20 bucks, and I was hooked.
0: You know, was that? Were you writing songs at the time?
1: I don't think I was writing songs at the time. I mean, my, my first remembrance of writing songs was really in high school.
0: Was the first song you ever wrote a love song? Do you remember it?
1: Uh, Most of them are, right? You no, know, it, it's, well, I, I don't know. You know, I, I was kind of a, a, a very ambitious, wild, young person. And, uh, you know, my first band was a band called Alive and Kickin'. And, uh,
0: tighter, tighter.
1: Tighter, tighter. And,
0: One of my favorite Tommy James songs. And, and,
1: and, and you know, uh, so Tommy wrote that song. We had a big hit. And then, but if you go back and listen to the Alive and Kickin' album, I basically wrote the rest of the album. And it is the biggest bunch of nonsense you've ever heard. You know, here is I hear, you know, here's a kid from Brooklyn and you know, other songs on the album were like Mississippi Mud and Kentucky Fire and you know, and Mother Carrie's Chicken and I was, I was like I, you know, I mean, I did smoke a lot of pot when I was a kid and you know, <laughs>
0: that's a, that's why. You
1: know, my you know, and the songs go on for minutes, you know, you know, like there's so many parts. It, they're just a rambling mess. So, you know, it's, but anyway, you know,
0: you've, you've come a long way since then.
1: I hope so. (laughs) You know, the jury's still out, but I hope so.
0: Now, Tommy James, speaking of, he's been on this show before. He's lovely, lovely as Carol Ross. I adore her.
1: Well, you know, he should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to start taking up, uh, my torch, uh, for Tommy, you know, because, uh he deserves it for sure you know it's like you know i think he's the one of the most underrated people and and uh, you know he you know i always say that tommy opened the door to the music world to me and and uh, he's just a gracious generous talented individual so uh, i'm forever grateful to tommy and uh, he should be in the rock and roll hall of fame yeah jersey hall of fame at least but rock and roll hall of fame you yeah. know
0: okay you Second vote, right here. All right. (laughs) We'll start a poll.
1: Hey, that's it. There you go. Two people from Brooklyn can accomplish a lot.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So getting back to this record, um, there's a song called When Cinderella Dies, and it says in the bio that being single again, you have encountered all these crazy women, and I, I can't even imagine what it could be like for you to date.
1: Well, well it, yeah, it, it's not even that they're crazy women. What really, what the, what the driving force of the song was is is that, you know, I was married for, for over 30 years, and, and uh, I find myself as a single guy back in the world, and I start meeting, you know, these women, and so many of them were single mothers. A- and, uh, you know, it, it, I was like, it, you know, it appeared to me to be an epidemic, you know, and so... You know, here are women who got married at a younger age and they had kids and they were living with this dream of happy ever after and, and at some point found themselves in, in a place where they were single mothers and they were having to, uh, you know, make a way for their for their kids and for themselves and rediscover who the, who they are. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it just made brought me to think about so many, you know, I started thinking about what's the state of marriage in our culture and do, do people not take... Uh, um, you know, the marriage commitment seriously anymore. Anyway, so I wrote the song When Cinderella Dies, and, and it's it's a, uh, a, a song of encouragement and uh, an embrace for all these single mothers because uh, I give them a lot of credit.
2: He threw their dreams out the window of the car Like nothing ever happened Like it wouldn't leave a scar You know the story You've heard it all before he's gone And here she is With all the baggage Here she is Wondering how to carry on What do you do when a dream becomes alive? Who do you
0: become? When Cinderella dies. It's a wonderful metaphor, but right. what was it like for you re-entering the singles market? What? <laughs> if you will, <laughs> the market. Okay,
1: uh, the meat market. The meat market. Uh, well, you, you know, it, it, it was an interest. It's been very interesting because, um, you know, as I said, I was married for a long time, and you know, basically, I, I, I've had to rediscover uh, who I am. You know, it's like I knew the guy I was before I was married. I knew the guy that I was. You know, while I was married, and and uh, so I, I come out of this on the other end. You know, I was no longer either of those people. So, it's it's been uh, an evolution of self discovery, and, and certainly uh, the music has been uh, such a great anchor for me because it's been always been uh, part of a big part of who I am, and the fact that now at this point in my life, I can go out there on my own and. Uh, uh... still have my voice and still be inspired and and, uh... You know, I, I always had the luxury of being in bands, whether it was Alive and Kickin' or Brooklyn Dreams, or, or to be uh, on the road singing and playing with Donna for all those years. You know, I was always uh, protected in, in a uh, cocoon. So it was a bit of a challenge for me to get out there on my own, uh, with my own voice, singing my own songs. You know, I've always had the luxury of writing for other people. So so uh, it's good. I, I, I'm having a great time, and, and uh, it's... Uh, it's interesting, you know, and uh, I love women. <laughs> uh, what? We we are the best. <laughs> I, I, I think so. As the father of three girls, I agree.
0: There have been rumblings, tell me if this is true, that there is a Donna Summer musical in the works.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, um, we, uh, we're opening in La Jolla, which is on the West Coast, uh, the La Jolla Playhouse. We open next November. We will be doing a six- to eight-week run, and... Uh, you know, if all the stars align, we could be on Broadway next year.
0: Tell me about this. How exciting. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, it's uh, it's a musical uh, uh, of the Donna Summer life story. And uh, we use uh, many of the, her famous songs and uh, some others that aren't uh, are a bit more obscure. And uh, it's uh, directed by a a guy whose name is Des Makinoff Who? uh,
0: Yes, I know who that is. Yeah, Tommy. Was it Tommy? Did he direct uh, Tommy?
1: He did Tommy. He did Jersey Boys, and and, uh, so uh, we're in very capable hands, and we've been working diligently, and uh, I think we have something really special.
0: Did you write the book?
1: I didn't write the book. The book was Des wrote the book with uh, um, uh, with Rob. Whose last name I'm drawing a blank on, but but uh, but you know I, I I I've been sitting on their shoulders uh, all the way, and uh, uh, so uh, I'm definitely in the mix.
0: So what goes through your head when you're watching a musical about Donna on the big stage? That has to be. Amazing,
1: the only way I've seen it on the stage so far is is we did a we did a like a closed workshop. I have the ability to really separate myself so I mean I think after I got over the initial you know little you know kind of weirdness of emotional. Polls here and there you know i quickly went into the role of you know an artist you know producer with an overview of you know is this working is this not working does this sound right you know is the hi-hat too loud you know i'm you know obviously it's you know a big part of my um purpose at this point in my life is, you know, yes, my own career and my, and my own songs and all that, but it's also, you know, maintaining, uh, Donna's legacy and, and her, uh, you know, her spirit. And, and, you know, so I, I really hope through this play, I think it's going to be, uh, uh, very inspiring to a lot of people. And, uh, uh, it 's going to be an encouragement for young girls and and it 's going to be uh, a lesson for people who are going through struggles and who stumble and make mistakes and you know it 's going to give them hope and and uh, that they can overcome and succeed and and and, and uh, carry on with their lives so this is you know and and you know it 's not about imitating donna it 's about you know giving what did you cast uh we don 't know exactly yet. Okay. There
0: is going to be a Donna Summer character.
1: There are going to be three Donna Summer characters. I'll I'll give you a scoop. There's going to be Duckling, Disco, and Diva.
0: Cool. I love it. Yeah. So. uh, So yeah. So uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be a huge hit.
1: I. I think you're right. (laughs) <laughs> I agree.
0: I might come to La Jolla to see this,
1: Bruce. Come on, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, La Jolla will be a good testing ground. You know, we'll be able to uh, tweak things and fine tune them, fine tune them in a way so that uh, by the time we get to Broadway, we'll be we'll be ready.
0: Ah, oh, so exciting! So, what do you want audiences to get from Twenty First Century World? Well,
1: I just I just want them to. Uh, Think about things a little bit. I want I want people to come together. I want them to realize that we have more in common than, than what separates us. And uh, I think that um, in this culture, in this world, that's a really important message. And and, and um, yeah, I, I think I think that's that's what I want them to take away.
0: There you go. On that note, will you will you play a song? All
1: right. So here I'll do a verse of Common Sense here.
2: We need. Common, common sense A little common, common sense Come on, people, use your heads. Some common, common sense So many brainwashed to a hard extreme They don't give a damn about the in-between Stuck in the corner of their own position it's the wrong party and the right religion. Well, maybe we could all learn something if we kept an open mind. Because nothing gets accomplished when you only demonize. We need common, common sense. A little common, common sense. Come on, people, use your heads common common sense What's wrong with a little bit of understanding Find a way Make a sacrifice Give a little bit up, it's all I'm asking Some compromise Compromise Talking to our leaders and to you and me Cause we all need to share responsibility It's all so fragile, there's a lot at stake And there's one last straw to cause it all to break Yeah, I've been looking around for some common sense Out the open window and up under the bed.
0: Gorgeous. That's my favorite now too. (laughs) Hey, all right. Thank you so much, Bruce. It's so great seeing you again.
1: See you. I hope it's not another 30 years, all right? Maybe like 30 days. Let's do 30 days.
0: Sounds good. Always news. Always
1: refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to to
2: you.
0: Store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store.
1: This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here.